Yo, it's the most dope show. It's about that time to get live. Take a break from your eight to five. The mother guys don't have the ability to rip it. We kick it. Three guys on representing with the most killer spirit. And we coming with the jokes. So you better grab a good pen and pad for your notes. And forget the mother folks, cause we got the best quotes. Randolph does more than just jokers. He woke and he got the files. Tell Andy Klein to turn up the dial. I don't know where that boy Tim is now. Raising the daughter, he hella proud. Andy is straight up and Randolph ain't hip up racist. When Tim Miller hit, that got funny as shit. The sock puppets always be there to assist. Too many to name, but they all of this shit. I guess I could try. Love me some Frankie French. Milner and Mike B. Be lit. I cannot forget about Petey and Chris. JL Covan with them Trump impressions. Riding Cameron coming from the black guy who tips. That's a whole damn nation, so they always near. Pop, pop, bang, bang. Getting green, romaine. Three guys on sock puppet nation. Gang, gang. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Dominic? Puerto Rico, Suave. I know you thought I forgot about you, but I ain't gonna get about you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Puerto Rico, uh, a Puerto Rico, Suave. In the bag, what's happening? Freeloading, freeloading Thursdays. How y'all doing? Uh, freeloading. Get a short episode today, too. Did you enjoy last night's? With your broke asses, did you enjoy last night's three guys on after dark? (laughs) Three guys on after dark, ladies. (laughs) Um, you know I've been I've been enjoying nipples was out. Not the nipples. (laughs) They was out. (laughs) Uh, yeah, nipples may or may not have been out, but there's only one way to find out if you're a freeloader. Yep. People are going to be betrayed. I thought I was going to see nipples, man. <laughs> yeah, Andy, keep your shirt on. God. I thought I was going to see nipples. See some shoulders in those uh, McAfee uh, wife beaters. Yeah. Shoulders, the guns are out. Guns, shoulders, guns nipples. Enough, bros. Guns, shoulders, nipples. Hey, man, I tried to watch McAfee, Rod. Let's go, bro. See if it's what'd you think about it, bro? Was it I tried, bro? I tried, bro. <laughs> crack open a couple of beers. Oorah. Tried, bro. <laughs> um, tried, bro. Is that this, I haven't watched that show. Is it, is it a lot of bro talk? Is it a lot of that like bro? Hey, bro. Oh my god. This it is, is the very... most boringest shit ever. Oh my god, it's so boring. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's honestly a show about nothing for the right. most part. I yeah. I really was surprised at how nothing the show is. No, nothing yep. of consequence is ever really said. Uh, they they t- pretend like they they're like those comedians that pretend like they're always saying something shocking, but wow. they're not. You know those guys are like, yeah. Man, I don't hope I don't get canceled for this, man. But psh, I like mayonnaise on a sandwich. And you're like, what? Why are you acting like that was a big deal? Right. <laughs> they do that a lot, but with sports. You know, a lot of people like mayonnaise on sandwiches. You know, yeah. this might be going out on a on a limb here, but man, listen, that Lamar on Baltimore, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. He's a good. dude. <laughs> he's a guy. Okay. They got a guy good. on that team. He's a guy. <laughs> you know, he's a guy. He's a guy he gives you, you know what you're gonna get when your guy like that gets out there and he gives on, you know, gets on the court, uh, gets on the field, and uh, you know, he's always gonna he's always that gonna man, do it. And uh, you listen, know listen. He he's he man, listen, woo. Bro, okay, that guy, he's a specimen, man. Have you ever seen him? 
Yeah, <laughs> man, I off. saw him without his shirt on. Oh, my Nipples. God. Oh, this guy's huge. Bro, he shows up. You know, he shows yeah. up when if the game is there. And he's, if he the aliens, up. if the aliens came to Earth <laughs> and we had to send them the specimens, Lamar Jackson's a guy. He's on that list of specimens that I'm Specimen. I'm sending the aliens. Say you don't want he's, this. He's the ones. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, McAfee, did you listen to Jim Trotter talk to uh, Jason Johnson on his last podcast? You listen to what he had to say about. Nope. Do you listen to that? You don't. Nope. You didn't think that'd be interesting in the world of in, in the world of the NFL. You don't. And we're not having Jim Trotter on, and we're not having because uh, Jason Johnson on it. We are not interested in that. No, we. Bro, are who's us. that? Who's Trot? Who's Trot? Trotter? Jeremiah Trotter from the Eagles, bro. Right. <laughs> yeah, he had some things to say about Stephen A. By the way, Jim Trotter. We're gonna have Nick Saban on, and we're gonna talk about uh, drinking beer. That's what we're gonna. That's <laughs> 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 your favorite beer. Yeah, yeah. what's your favorite beer to chug? Yeah, uh, bro, Aaron Rodgers, which we paid to be here now. We're gonna have a Nick Saban. Nick Saban was on. I saw like five minutes of this. Nick Saban was on, and it almost broke the show because he don't drink alcohol or do no drugs or none of that shit. And (laughs) they they kind of had a moment of like, fuck, what are we gonna talk about now? What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) It's like you don't do ayahuasca, Nick. What's that? I remember years ago. Like I see, you know, you go out, you dance at the, you know, when you're recruiting and stuff, man. You ever just kick kick a couple back? He's like, no, don't touch the stuff. (laughs) Years ago, ago, me and Mike Payne used to, we used to go to Chad's place. Me and Mike Payne would hang out with Chad. Chad had a couple bro-ish roommates. And we we started realizing that their whole, every every conversation was, hey, 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 uh, did you see that movie? It was, did you see, have you seen that show? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, did you hear that song? Like, they had, there's nothing to talk about, but just like comparing pop culture reference. Did you see that game? Did you see that play? It was crazy. Like, every, we would just sit in the in the next room and just listen to them. That's what his, that's what McAfee's show is. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I told you, the other title for it could have been, did you see that game last night? Yeah, you see that's it? McAfee's, that McAfee's show. You see the, see the game? And they gave him a shit ton of money for it. I'd be interested to know what his numbers are. Oh, the word on the street, too, is that they, the the ESPN employees are kind of like the Spotify employees after they got Rogan, where Mm -hmm. the people that have been there for a while are a little pissed that McAfee doesn't have the same journalistic standards and shit that they are applied to do. Hmm. He doesn't have to live by that. Yeah, well, journalistic standards don't, don't, those are barely anything anymore. (laughs) If you really listen to these. Journalist, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Again, as Jim Trotter will tell you, those are really not. And uh, he came in with a whole different agenda, you know, mm-hmm. which was bring eyes to ESPN. But is that truly happening? Because yeah, Shannon, Shannon Sharp brought eyes. Has has he brought eyes? Mm-hmm. Shannon's on. Ratings go up. Shannon's off. Ratings go down. Hey, did you see the ratings, bro? Did you see the ratings? <laughs> ratings, bro? You see them? You see the numbers? Are they high? Are they good? See them? Uh, well, we all know that journalists lie because, uh, you know, we all watched Hassan Minaj's uh, video. <laughs> <That's what> he... <laughs> yeah. Didn't change nobody's opinion. No, I didn't watch it, Andy. You, you watched I watched it. It's like 20 minutes. He did. He put it on YouTube. Yeah, and it's like a it's like a Daily Show segment. He's got the over the shoulder mm-hmm. shot with the screen. It was like a Daily Show segment. And like y'all, got, y'all fucked up. Y'all should have gave me the job without actually saying that. Yeah, and that you know he's that's his wheelhouse. He's good at that. It's it's uh, twenty minutes long. 
it's got receipts it's got screenshots it's got all that stuff and i'm looking at it now what, it's got seven hundred thirty-nine thousand views what are his receipts because i'm seeing a lot of people on social media like gee the, the meal lied they're liars they set this guy up and in the well the- i'll say this he's okay so he covers three main topics one is the story about prom that's he spends like probably half of the 20 minutes on that uh, close to it uh the other two are the FBI agent infiltrating his mosque story and the kid getting anthrax, possibly exposure and going to the hospital story. Um, those two, he spends less time on, but he spends mm-hmm. you know a little time on those. And the receipts about the prom story, some of them are compelling. He recorded the interviews, that's which I think uh, everyone should do. If you're being interviewed, you should record your own version of it. And there was definitely one place where they took a half a quote from one part and half a quote from the other part and made it into one quote mm-hmm. um, where they sort of it became misrepresentation of what he was saying. Uh, he has. He, going back a few years, he has emails with the girl uh, from prom. Emails and texts and and he says, yeah, I didn't it wasn't on the doorstep that, you know, they were told me they didn't want pictures with her and a brown guy. But it was a few days before that. Her mother literally said that to me. And so for the bit, I made it about, you know, on the doorstep. But here's some texts where I talked to the girl about it. And see, I'm hinting it. We're, we're, we're sort of talking about that. We, we connected later, years later. And when she got married to a guy who was a brown guy, you know, she said, my parents have come a long way since then. And he has texts of her saying that. And mm-hmm. um, that's the most compelling part to me is that the the journalist, and he kind of spelled it out for the journalist in a way that put it in the right context. And the journalist seemed to then put it in a different context, maybe somewhat intentionally. However, you, if you're a journalist, you can't just take his word for it. Uh, right. The journalist who wrote the story. So we talked to like 20 people. And so you can't just say, oh, thanks, Hassan, for these uh, these receipts, these texts. He said, I can send you all these emails with me and this girl. I can send you all the text screenshots and some of them they did send and they confirmed that they received them and all that stuff. But if the girl says to the writer, I felt like he was attacking me. I felt like he invited me to his show to call me out i felt doxxed then that's valid too and even though she's being nice to him in their text exchanges and saying hey your show was great last night she might have felt attacked and she might have said that to the to the writer so his side is his side and the writer is not just doing a press release for hassan minaj the writer is doing a a, a long article about this that story though seems less of a lie to me now than it did in the New York article, it seems like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, he did experience this thing. He changed the date, but everything else seems to have gone closer to the oh, way he, he told said. the story. Yeah. The I other two it was things- weird though. Cause I don't think, I think some of this is about the response to the article that right. he got, not the article itself. Right. Cause I don't think the article ever really said he made up racism. Right. You know what I mean? But he was saying stuff like, I'm not a narcissist, not a sociopath. I, I didn't make up racism. And I'm like, I don't think the article said that, but I bet because I, I saw it myself, a lot of the response people had to the article tagging him and talking shit about him. That was what people were saying. Oh, he made up racism. Right. He's a sociopath. He's a narcissist. And 
I don't think the article did that. Yeah, and there was a couple things that like the article suggested that there was a picture of his prom date um blurred out and he said no the picture was actors that's not actually her in right. the picture um so he did clarify some things that did add fuel to the fire like oh he helped dox her because he posted pictures of her in his show and all that uh that that one bit out of what three specials was definitely i have a little bit of a different view of it now after watching mm-hmm. his video but i still think yeah but she told the reporter she felt this way and right. if you want to talk about emotional truth, that was her emotional truth about seeing your show about how you characterize prom and her and her family. That's how she felt. So can't just take your side. We have to go verify what you said with the person you're telling us told you these things. And she told us something different. So it could have been written better. I think the journalist did um, misrepresent a little bit. And again, combined a couple quotes. The other story is about the FBI informant basically infiltrating a mosque and again i haven't seen his specials so i don't know how how much he really like punctuates that as happening to him but he doesn't really have much to say other than yeah that didn't really happen to me that was a feeling in our community and it happened to a, a guy i knew that he got hemmed up by law enforcement um and then the anthrax thing he basically just said yeah i embellished i said this and i said that but that didn't really happen and you know, basically like duly noted is almost how he ended that. So uh he said he'll take notes from this and and uh so two out of two uh two out of three, basically. But then he also said that, you know, it when it comes to stand up, it's more about getting the emotion. He the emotional truth quote he corrected is like the full quote was more about when it comes to stand up, you put you prioritize getting the emotion of the of the thing over the facts. Uh, but when it comes to shows like Daily Show and Patriot Act, you prioritize the news story because that's the star of the show. And you just try to try to sprinkle in comedy around the facts without changing them. But the article does say that he was loose with his fact checking on Patriot Act. He doesn't really yeah. address specifically that part of the article. Mm-hmm. He just Mm-mm. in fact, he says, my philosophy is that you on shows like that, you facts come first, whereas in stand up facts come second. That's why mm-hmm. I said, does it? See, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, and he's yeah. like, that's why we have rigorous fact checking on the you, Patriot Act. You, you. And uh, Patriot Act fact checkers work at game theory. So they have their own stories about him and right. fact checking. <laughs> so, so, and he, yeah. So he, again, he spent 10 of the 20 minutes on the prom story. And then the next, the last 10 minutes was, you know, the FBI story, the anthrax story, and here's my view of comedy and here's what I meant by emotional truth versus actual truth. And I, I feel like two things can be right here. Yeah. One is uh, he definitely embellishes in a way that is different than most comedians. And if he wants to make the comedic license argument, he can, but just as a person that loves stand up, it feels different to me. His, his version of, of of stand up where he goes and gets the news article and says this is proof that this happened to me right feels different than a comedian saying i broke up with my girlfriend last week it just right. um you know so I, I still think he was over the line with a lot of this shit i don't think that means anything extreme needs to happen to him you know yeah. like i'm like it's not like we're sitting around long, like this motherfucker shouldn't do we're like oh okay yeah, so no you, one has said that yeah yeah you no okay so you you get down a little different now everybody knows right now, and the then Daily the second show thing, might say we don't want you, <laughs> but that's right. on them. 
<laughs> but then the second thing is um, I think he did make some good points about how the article was written in the New Yorker. And I think if you're calling a guy out like this, you have to be as rigorous in your like commitment to the truth and calling him out and making sure that, you know, it is not being framed in a way that makes it worse than it is. It just needs to be the truth because you're, you know, like, well, I think he called it needlessly misleading. And I was like, Spider-Man point to Spider-Man, like <laughs> y'all both kind of did some needlessly misleading framing right. on your perversion of events. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, well, are you talking about yourself a little bit here? The, the, the Claire Malone wrote the article. She said, Hasan Minaj confirms in the video that his he selectively presents information and embellishes to make a point. Exactly what we reported. Our piece, which includes Minaj's perspective at length, was carefully reported and fact-checked. It is based on interviews with more than 20 people, including former Patriot Act and Daily Show staffers, members of Minaj's security team, and people who have been the subject of his stand-up work, including the former FBI informant, Brother Eric, and the woman at the center of his prom rejection story. We stand by our story. Um, there's one point he made that I I think was was also valid is that the reporter was like, when you made this special, including the story about this brother Eric guy, this FBI informant, did you reach out to him to let him know you were telling a story about him? He, this guy was like a white supremacist, you know, right. FBI informant. He was like, what? I don't owe him anything, which yeah. I agree with. You don't owe him anything. Yeah. That struck me as odd, too, in the original piece. Yeah. So I, I again with the reporter, you're like you, you gotta reach out to everyone and get their input on it. And he's like, Well, yeah, no, he's I'm not, not a, a reporter, he's, he's not a journalist. Right, yeah. he's not right. He's like, that's not my job. Yeah. His issue is that he that. straddles the line between journalist and comedian. Right. That's his yeah. main issue. Is so she applies some journalistic standards to him and he failed because he's a comedian ultimately. Um, and he plays a little harder with the with trying to make things look truthful than most comedians do. And that's where the fuck he got. That's where he got fucked up. And he should just take it as a lesson and be a little careful or more careful in the future. And I honestly to still don't know why he couldn't have told those stories a different way and been just as funny. I, to this well, day, I still won't know what it, there's something in him where he does need to be seen as the hero protagonist of these right. stories. Yes, And and yes. that was because I, you know, I haven't watched those specials, but. I saw because I guess I looked him up on YouTube. Now on YouTube shorts, I got a couple, yeah. you know, clips of his specials came up and like the level of earnestness that he puts into mm -hmm. saying, big eyes, this big, big, soft eyes, the pregnant pauses, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the big buildup. It's like, oh, this he's, right. he's telling this as a story that really affected him and it happened to him. And I can see right. it's, it's different than just a, a tongue in cheek telling yeah. or uh yeah yeah you know i'm playing loose with the facts but i'm just getting to a funny part. even in this video like he's doing a lot like i when i saw the video i said oh he's doing his thing right. he's doing yeah, his thing it's gonna work it's gonna work because so much of his comedy is predicated on liking him and he yeah. just big, he hits big you eyes, with that baby big eyes. yeah that i would not do that okay yeah. that is yeah. not who I am, and I'm it was like very sales salesman. -y, yeah, you know? it's yes. working. And and then he like the self deprecating. So so I'm gonna sit here and use my hands too much, and you know like you know he kind of <laughs> right cops to it himself. So it kind of takes this. You're like oh, okay, he knows he's being overly earnest. So uh, it that means it's not 
but I think it is. And, and so that's also that's still, of, also still kind of pulling an emotional game. On well, his yeah, audience. It's, yeah. it's performative. I mean, of course it's performative. Audience. He's doing a daily show style piece. Should have, should have went in yes. there, sat in front of a fireplace in his living room with no makeup on. <laughs> oh, like Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> no makeup camera Like right here. Hey guys, you know? I'm, I'm recording this in 360 P no HD today. <laughs> uh, in, in, in his assistant's uh, kitchen, like Drew Barrymore. Yeah, right. just like that. Poor lighting. You know, he, this, he's got like good lighting here. He's mic'd up. He's got a, yeah. a lapel, a lavalier mic. Uh, he's got. But he did a great. He did a great job. Like I have to yeah. give him his credit. Like that was when I saw that. I said, "This is gonna work." Right. You know that's his I mean? audition. Like, that's his audition tape for his YouTube show that he's about to drop. <laughs> yeah, I said this shit I gonna work. You, that's coming. I can <laughs> already see people being movie. like, like, because people either didn't read that long ass piece, they don't watch his specials a lot. Right. Other yeah. people that I saw commenting on it, a lot of them don't even really think he's funny, which you know is is usually ironic in all this. But uh, yeah, man, it was working. I saw people immediately being like, "Yeah, man, he didn't do nothing wrong." I don't see. I saw it too. I why this is happening to him? I he, saw you it know. Too. And I said, "Fuck, he, you, he won." And also reset yeah. the conversation back to everyone going, "Oh, we're going to hold comedians to a standard where everything's truthful." Like we already got over that part of the conversation. Yeah, that's not what we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> um, there was one part that did kind of bother me about this video, and it kind of gave me a, a salesman-y kind of vibe, like a used car salesman vibe. At the beginning, he says this New Yorker article came out and back in September. And, you know, I took a beat. I took a beat to respond. And, you know, with, with all this going on in the world, it seems kind of trivial to talk about this now because everything is going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And like the things going on in the world started like a couple of weeks after this article came out. Right. Yeah. So yes. you had you had time. Motherfucker. So it's not like you you paused it because of that. It's. Uh, I don't know when the article came out, but it wasn't around the time of the Hamas attack. In fact, the article was September 15th. The right. Hamas attack was October 7th. So we're right. nearly a month later, a, sh a week Over a, a month, month later. later, three weeks later. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of, again, shifted a timeline. Uh, but he, he kind of made it seem like, you know, it's just I didn't want to say anything yet because it's it's not so important. Everything else going on in the world is like, well, for three weeks, that stuff wasn't going on in the world. And now here you are five weeks later talking about mm -hmm. it uh so that part mm -hmm. to me seemed like he was trying to sell me on something and i think the other reason he's gonna get off with this uh and and i'm you know willing to let it go uh that white woman bethany does seem like she kind of told two different stories white yeah, woman mm -hmm. like the she told she had the her and hassan are cool email exchanges and then told the paper that, you know, she thinks it was the, the grandstand on her. She, right. they're not cool. This, right. She got doxxed, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And I can see why the newspaper would say, hey, we did our fact check. This is what she told us. Right. We yeah. put it, we have a responsibility to put that in the article. And then he gets to say like, well, here's proof that she didn't say that shit to me at all. So yeah, y'all are no doing a hit piece. She felt weird. Yeah, right. Well, the question I would like, ask, I'm not doing a hit piece. The person who wrote the article was when she told you that. Did you then go ask him? Mm -hmm. Hey, she said this about you. Is this true? Because if you're putting mm -hmm. these standards around him that Hassan is not doing these things, did you do your own journalistic standards you're trying to hold him to? Did you go back to Hassan and ask him? 
But what also, about like, this? what she said in her her little you know blurb here, uh, it was fact checked carefully, carefully reported and fact checked. Um, and this goes through several layers. It's the right. New Yorker. It's not like the reporter is just out there as a lone wolf. Like, maybe I'll call him back. Maybe I won't. Right. Maybe I'll call the girl back and say he sent me these texts that you sent him. And it sounds different than what you told me. Right. Um, a lot of people go into, okay, does this tell the story properly? Does, is this fair to all the parties? And so it's not just Claire Malone, the writer of the article. Everyone involved had some say in that. And right. I'm assuming several layers of people before it went out because this was a and, big and deal. also takedown, fact yeah. check that's why i want to know if you would, this, did you all go back and ask him fact checked in this sense is not the same thing as what hassan is saying right mm -hmm. so fact check is saying so hassan is like she said this i said this did you fact check it no that's not what fact checking is. fact checking would be something we can verify like did she attend the show right yeah okay you both agree she attended the show now, right. she may have wrote you one thing in an email, but we talked to her yesterday. Right. She said right. she doesn't feel that way anymore. We're not obligated to come back to you and be like, well, she disagrees. Like, that's it, homie. You told your version, which we put in the article. Here's her version, which she, we put in the article. I'm he, talking about these know. emails. I'm talking about these emails. Because well, the emails are like, he. The, the article says that she said, hey, can I come to your right. show? And then the... And the the article's like he invited me to the show and then right. talked shit about me. Whereas the emails are more like her saying, Hey, we're coming to your show, cool. Right. And yeah. so it, it does set it up in the article as he set her up. He invited her to the show yes. just to talk shit yes. about it right. in the audience. And then she felt afterwards like she was targeted. So that does change the way it's it's framed in the article. Yeah. Um, right. What I'm saying been... is fact checking would be like, did she come to the show? Right. The she because you can talk to her, she can say, No, that email is me saying after he invited me, that's me saying we're coming to the show, right? You know what I mean? Like, at, what I'm saying is they might not necessarily walk away with a this is the turn, this is how the events occurred, and this is it. it it's well, she says this, he says that, and she might have had her own emails that he didn't tell it show us in this video where she's like, Yeah, but the email right. before that, oh, he didn't show it in his 20 minute video, or the email after that, or the texts later. He's showing us what he thinks is the most relevant. And there might have been texts that he's not showing us either or the reporter. Yeah, they're not necessarily beholden to like prove one person's version of events. I yeah. think that's the, the the misleading part of the whole like, you know, well, you need to do some fact checking. It's like, well, we're not. That's not what we look for. You know, top comment on YouTube with 11,000 thumbs up on the comment. We are in a special moment in the his in history that we hold comedians to a higher standard than heads of state. People are already back to square one again. Like, oh, comedians got to be honest, really? Like, that's right. the article got the the conversation got reset by. I saw uh, that one. I saw that know. one comic. This is the the little one, Brad Williams. Yeah, yeah, the little one. Um, and I mean that literally. He's, He's a little, little person. person. Um, mm. he was on um, Levitard show talking about it. Levitard asked him about it. And he was on that same thing of, you know, comedians don't have to, you know, this is, it's just comedic license and, and all that. But, so, but, the, but, but the thing about it is, wow, as somebody who loves comedy, most comedians do not do what he did. Like, you know what, what I'm, I'm saying? saying? So, so it's like, you're defending some shit that you would not do. Was you this know, even no, comedy? This is what I would, this is another Right. Cause it almost. Was this even comedy what he was doing? 
it steps in that in that lane because you presented something as quote unquote facts and you put jokes around it. You compare, you brought people in there. You had quote unquote proof showing that these things were facts. It'd have been different as you said, these could these things may have happened or this could have happened. You didn't phrase it like that. So as an audience member, what am I supposed to think as you are presenting these things to me? I thought that same thing about Hannah Gatsby's special when everybody kept saying comedy, comedy. I'm like, that's a one woman show. That's not comedy. It's a one woman show that has humor in it. That has humor in it, yes, but also has is pathos and pain and all kinds of stuff because it's a it's a show. It's a one woman show. Not to say that comedy is not a show, but this is a different. It's a it's a whole arc. It's well, a and, whole arc. isn't and, that what Hassan's doing? Isn't his, that what he's doing? I think in his, we like early on Monday's episode, we looked up the at the beginning, we looked up the New York Times bestseller list, right? And there's fiction and there's nonfiction, and yeah, to the extent that a comedian can be nonfiction. Because there are comedians who are all fiction. There are comedians who are sort of nonfiction comedians. We don't really, you know, categorize in that way. But to the extent you can be a nonfiction comedian, I would say he is trying to be a nonfiction comedian. You know, he's testifying before Congress. He's doing shows yeah. like like uh, the Patriot Act. And he's, you know, tackling tough issues and getting episodes pulled because of how, uh, I, I guess, provocative they were. Mm-hmm. So in that context he's not going to be held to the same standard as just any comedian you know i wouldn't hold i wouldn't say him and stephen wright are the same kind of comic just because they're both comics one of them is clearly just being just playing around with words and turnings of phrases the other one is trying to dig into the non-fiction of his life and so he should be viewed that way you know Mm. he's he's being inauthentic is not a crime in comedy, but if you're saying I'm an mm-hmm. authentic comic, I'm yeah, but you're selling yeah, nonfiction you're selling comic. yourself as authentic. Right. You know? That's what you're that's, that's what right you're way selling. to put it, Andy. With and the big me, eyes. That's that's, that's you're the selling. difference. Yeah, and, and you, I, the problem for me built is your that career on selling me this. A lot of people are being willfully obtuse about that part. And yeah. I think a big excuse for that they're using is I'm not a fan of his comedy, I'm just defending comedy. And it's like, but that's the whole point. We're not like if you're a fan of comedy, you should understand that his is a little bit different. That's right. different. This would not hitting. be an issue for most comics. Mm-mm. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It's I mean, just, it's, it's the different. people who like that kind of comedy, they the other comics they like tend to be the ones who are the open book truth tellers. Right. Whether it's someone like Pryor, it's more about his personal life, or someone like Bill Hicks is more about the outward world or George Carlin or whatever. But they value that. They value that there's a, a layer beyond just ha 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 funny joke about something your kids said to you. They they value the extra insight about the world. That's why they like those comics. You know, yeah, here's the perfect thing about as you say prior, yeah, as to answer Lakita, yes. Um, this tragedy you make funny. Listen, Lakita, everything yes. is funny and nothing is funny at the same time. So that's Agreed. just always keep that in mind. Um the thing about prior is like so when he he shoots the car that's a true thing. He shot that car. Okay. But he made it funny. You know, you ain't leaving me not in this motherfucker. I shot the tire. Tire said, Oh, you know, I shot the, Ooh, I shot it again. Angie just fell out the motherfucker and just said, fuck it. And just dropped out the car. You know, that's what makes it funny, but he shot that car up because <laughs> right. his wife was going to leave him in that car. And so he shot the car up. That's, that's a true event that you, 
that you embellish upon, you make it bigger for humor, for humor's sake. That's different than talking about anthrax coming to the house. And, yeah, but I was gonna say, but see, he didn't anthrax. he didn't embellish it to the point of she got in the car and she tried to run me down, so I shot up the tires. And was, <laughs> yeah, he didn't do all yeah. that, right? <laughs> you know. Right, and then aliens landed. I'm like, "What the fuck, aliens? You gonna help me?" And right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I got your back. <laughs> yeah, you it's know. it's just that it's 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 the passing it off as because there are definitely comics who will say, uh, "Yeah, I broke up with my girl last week." As far as you guys know, like they'll cop to it. Like, right. yeah, they'll they'll just sarcastically point out, like, "Yeah, this is just a setup to a joke." Um, he goes the other way where he makes sure you think it it happened. A hundred percent. You hear me on stage. And, and it's weird because I, go ahead. the making sure you think it happened doesn't add to the comedy. So like Mm-mm. when I hear people say how like it's like like this is some necessary tool of comedians that they all use. I'm like, but it's this is not a case of it making it funnier. Right. You know, where yeah, it's, it's like, just, oh, because this really happened. Oh, my God. Now it's hilarious. It's like it was hilarious when you were just making this shit up, too. Yeah, going into like a paranoid state of mind about what if that was anthrax and my daughter was about to die, that's enough. You don't have to yeah, literally yeah. say she got <laughs> yeah. powder on her. We took her to the hospital. <laughs> like that that part, yeah. it does make you a hero. It does make you or a bigger victim, you know, because he says in the video that he was getting around the time of the Saudi Arabia episode being pulled, he was getting death threats and he had to have security detail running around New York and stuff. And that's around the time he got the envelope with powder in it. and. There's plenty to mine for comedy or emotional truth just in the things that happened. You know, mm-hmm. like he's he's got screenshots of threats, threatening emails he got. You can put those on the screen at your at your one man show and say, what if it was anthrax? Holy shit. Like how cal- how how casual was I opening an, uh, an envelope around my kid? Could have gone a lot worse. And you can still mine that for for what it mm-hmm. is. It's, if you want to be a. A, a martyr or a hero or something else in your story, then you add the layer of, and then we had to put her in the car and rush her to the hospital. And, you know, then my yeah, wife got mad at me and this and that. That's not funny. There's no funny in that. Right. There is funny in saying I shot a car. Well, everything's the engine, funny. The engine shot it and, and <laughs> everything's funny and nothing's funny at the same time. <laughs> you, know, you know, I shot a car and it, fuck it and fell out, you know. Find me the funny in. Well, I think I mean if, if there's jokes in it, I didn't watch the special. I'm sure there's. The I'm sure he has punchlines in that story about that, but uh, just the point that he wants to make sure you believe it happened the way he's telling you it happened. Mm-hmm. There's no out. There's no like, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledgement that this is maybe a something he imagined or an exaggeration or anything like that. Right. So, yeah, it's he does make some good points in that video, but also. Some of it is still like, eh, yeah, but you know, you're still taking liberties that I wouldn't take. And I wouldn't want comics that I follow as truth tellers to take, you know, taking, yeah, taking liberties. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, it's not the most egregious thing. It's, it's just one of those kind of like, next time I see him, I'll be like, oh, sometimes this nigga be lined. And that's <laughs> really it. <laughs> like, it like, I, like, I feel like people trying to make it into like this journalism versus comedy and people that i'm like i don't think this is the same thing at all but sure if that now okay so the new line is or the line for y'all is anything said on stage don't take any of it serious 
fine, right. except you motherfuckers are the ones that be like, Dave Chappelle telling the truth. That's what he's saying. He's right. saying y'all the ones that say that shit. Now, now right. it's not a joke anymore, right? right. Now it's serious. Yeah, it's it's it just becomes selective and again just a way to choose sides and and you know it's becomes tribal basically it's i like him so he's he's good yeah uh, watch michelle wolf special and, and get back to me on what you think is truth and what you think is not in the shit she's talking about oh, i did Actually, watch that linnell set special by the way I, I i wasn't that big of a fan of it i didn't think it was that good no did you like what you think about the end the closing bit i thought i picked up closing bit was all right but yeah. i don't know it felt a little haphazard to me the maybe sitting that's the thing yeah not the sitting down that don't bother me at all it just the I like my my kind of specials. My favorite ones have through lines that kind of connect and okay call okay. back. And yeah, hers is more like I'm just out here being myself, and I'm gonna talk yeah. to y'all for about thirty Be minutes. Myself, I'm gonna do a bunch yeah. of jokes, just a bunch of jokes that don't really yeah. connect. And it was straight. It just mind. didn't feel that's like a she special. Does. Yeah, that's what she exactly. Does. It did. It just didn't feel like a special. It just felt like. I don't know if you've been seeing like Country Wayne got a special. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 85 South mm-hmm. Boys got a special. I'm not a fan of Country Wayne nor 85 South. I tried to watch some of theirs. Okay. Well, was that, like, that's what I was going to say, right? So 85 South feels a little bit like an accomplishment for them and their fans. Right. Yes. Like, hey. Like doing, you know what I thought? They're doing a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I mean, what well, yeah. they basically do, they do black improv, basically. Yeah. Like every show is uh them improving the entire show. Right. But you know, I think as the producer part of my brain is like, if I wanted to make a special and I was an improv group like them, I would do three or four special. Like I'd film three or four things. Yeah. Then splice it into one thing to be like, yeah. here's the hottest 10 minutes from Atlanta, the hottest 10 minutes from St. Louis, hottest yeah. 15 minutes from such. And now you got something you can show the world that doesn't know your stuff to be like, right. Yo, these dudes are hilarious, but really it's that we're not trying to be hilarious the whole time we build up towards something. And then we, right. Well, anyway, uh, Linnell's thing felt like probably should have filmed like what three or four country ways. I, don't, I didn't, I haven't even of, hit play on it. I haven't watched. I'm not yet. a fan of his anyway. So the, the jokes yeah. I've seen are not, are not shit that I fuck with. Okay. Yeah, I haven't so seen I any of it. I, I I watched a little bit of one of his specials before, and I was like, not for me. Check out well, the Todd Berry one. I thought that was that was good. Are you said you said that's that. Is that on Netflix? It's on, on Netflix. YouTube. It's called Domestic YouTube. Short Hair. He put it up uh, okay. a few weeks ago, not that long ago. Yeah, he funny. Um, yeah, I thought he was really it was it was classic Todd Berry. It was it was, it was tight, and you know, he was doing his thing basically. Yeah, I like him. That? It was in a, I think it was in Chicago in like a small kind of theater kind of setup. It was, it looks nice. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a well shot special. Yeah. And I, like I believe he'd said on a podcast that he tried to, all these guys who go to YouTube, they try to sell it first and no yeah. one buys it and then they put it on YouTube. Yeah. So they self fund it or something, you know. Yeah. Mark, what's your latest back. one you watch? You watch a lot of them. Um, uh, that's what I was looking up. I can't remember the guy's name. Is it Chris DeStefano or uh, DeStefano? Yeah, Chris DeStefano. I he think was just he on had Howard Stern one. last week. I think he had one out, and I I got halfway through it, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna turn it off because he started getting into the political stuff. He was trying to make it funny, but it was just a lot of Trump and Biden are the same. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, uh, and then he started, he started, he was like, 
what the hell is Kamala doing? Blah, 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 blah. She's not, does she not want to be president? She could just, you know, push Joe down the stairs. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. Well, you know what? Interesting thing about that is, because I think he's a a liberal guy, but it's like, if you, if you don't trust him, if he loses you on the, they're, they're the same, then you're not going to buy in on the, Silly jokes about Kamala, you know, seizing right, power. Right, right. If he, and at that if point, he, if he I mean, earned your trust before that, then you'd be like, oh, that's kind of fun, you know. But see, at that, from the start of the show to where we got to that, and that was like probably halfway through, yeah. I didn't laugh once. Oh, okay. I'm just like, mm, this kind of <laughs> sucks. And I was funny. like, I was holding out thinking, okay, maybe, no, nope, nope. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, uh I watched this a little probably, bit of Michelle's Wolf's Michelle Wolf's special. I didn't get through all of it, but I thought it was a, I thought it was just all right. I liked the uh, no, don't get me canceled, but I liked Shane Gillis's. I liked it. I thought it he's a like funny it. guy. Okay, yeah. uh, this will be the last performance. Of, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Shane Gillis is legit. He's a legit funny comic. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I, I, I didn't know he was that funny, but yeah, damn. His sketch show was good too. He did. He did a, I yeah, think was, I did see some of his sketch show, and it was yeah. funny, dog. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you wouldn't think if you see a stand-up, you're like, he can't do characters, right? And then you're like, oh, like because when he got SNL and he only had it for like a couple of days, yeah. I thought like, is he going to act in sketches? You know, because right. I didn't see that. But then you look at the sketch show that he put up on YouTube. It's like, oh, he can. He actually does have the chops to be a sketch guy. Uh, but yeah, he's a legit funny guy. He's kind of just the crowd that he's fallen in with. I think a lot of people kind of think, well, or the SNL thing. Like, is he part of some kind of weird comedy to alt right pipeline? <laughs> because there is that pipeline. Yeah, and, and, I and like I think because I had heard it, heard that he was like this right wing da da da. He really wasn't, you know. Yeah. So maybe it was they set me up to to mm. be you know let like they made him the boogeyman that he wasn't so then i could watch Does he seem like, like he might go back home at any time though well he's from <laughs> no, he made, pennsylvania he made so many jokes about that like yeah. he yeah. he one of those people that be dragging the maga shit but people yeah. don't pick up on it because how he looked mm. like he had a joke about like man i'm just you know i'm scared i'm just waiting for the the inner white man to pop out of me it's like y'all ever be watching y'all be watching something sometimes and like you could feel it bubbling up he's like you know and then he just like have a couple examples like you know like don't 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 with that the gay thing at the super bowl you know it's like i'm i'm scared that it's gonna happen to me one day i'm just gonna look up and be like these motherfuckers like shit was funny man he had a real good bit about george washington and slavery like i was really shocked there's a good yeah, bit about Bear Bryant about Bear Bryant that this that I watched that same football special he did where they talked about Bear Bryant integrating the mm-hmm. and when he integrated Alabama he was like yeah that was in 1973 we'd already had men on the moon <laughs> before they had before they had black people in their secondary <laughs> so they had white yeah. cornerbacks he said there's a whole group of people who've never even seen a white cornerback yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm looking at my I, I think I'm of that generation. <laughs> I'm looking at my Netflix now and it says top picks for Mark Shane Gillis, Linnell, Town Business. And then it goes off into I don't even know who Leanne Morgan is. 
Oh, I watched, I know I watched uh, Beth Stellings. I, watched a, Beth uh, Stellings I, I, st- I started watching Beth Stellings and I just I didn't get through it. Yeah, kinda... she's she's a little like her delivery's a little like weird, like laid backish. But by the yeah. time she got to like the second half, good callbacks, bunch of kind of raunchy, like she has she has some good, good little like lines that made you be like, oh, oh, you okay, you got you you got a little edge to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. The Leon Morgan is a harmless white mommy comic. Okay, I don't know. Her. I met years ago when I first started doing stand-up and she was kind of on the circuit in Texas. Um she's funny. She's funny. It's harmless. She's from like, you know, whatever hills white people come from, Southern Appalachian, maybe. I don't know. One of those, one of those places. She has some great, she has some good bits about like her husband. He's on the road, like, you know, like four or five, four or five days a week. And he wanted to change his schedule. And uh, her and the kids were like, nah, you stay out there. We we get more done with you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. we don't need you here. You're, you're in the way. <laughs> Beth Stellan had, Stella had a joke. Um, and I don't know her work, so she said someone said she was repeating old jokes. I don't know; they're new to me. What but you need to understand about that, Lakita, is that a lot of times when you see somebody repeating old jokes, this is their first special, so they're going right. to take their best stuff and put it up. That, she that's said uh, she had a joke where she was like, "The only time men believe women is when an underage girl says she's 18. I was like, "That's fucking oh, no. that's fucking good." That's, oh, that, that's, that's a good one. That's good. <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> like, good. Like she had a she had a lot of like hot all jokes, and I, I'm a yeah. sucker for a good like you laugh and then you think about it like yeah. fuck. That's kind of sad. Good question. <laughs> TP uh, Lakita asking, "What's a special versus just an hour?" Nothing these days. Right. <laughs> Nothing. It used to be a difference. Special no, was what? special. You treated it as first of all, it was called a special. You treated it uh, like it was special. That material, when you were finished, that material was done. You never did that material again. But that show had a beginning, a middle, and an end. As Rod is saying, had an arc, had a beginning, a middle, and an end. It wasn't just a collection of jokes. An hour is just like an hour you do in any club. <laughs> just like you know, it's yeah, just an hour was, you do was, in any club. And <laughs> I was watching them a show, Wolf Special. And I think I think the reason I didn't finish it because it was late at night and I was falling asleep on the couch. But there was one joke she had. She was like, yeah, my boyfriend's black. And I came home late one day and he was asleep on the couch watching a special about white privilege. And she's like, and I got offended. (laughs) She's like, if anybody here gets to make me make somebody feel bad it's me as a white woman so i did the only, she's like, i did the only thing a white woman can do in this situation is i called the cops on him <laughs> okay that's, that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i was like that is fucked up the show yeah <laughs> funny but fucked up but it's funny well, i think i think her tag her tag for that was well don't worry they didn't kill him or anything they don't do that there because <laughs> i was in state living thing of course did do a trans joke so so now i'm wondering i'm like does she really have a black boyfriend or is that just for the joke just for the joke <laughs> <laughs> oh, michelle wolf yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's some rumor she got a black boyfriend yeah I mean, on on the on the uh, on the real, she'd get it. Mm-hmm. 
Really? shot, man. My understanding, my understanding is that she is getting it. Okay. All right. Slide DMs. Why not? I'm not. I'm not talking like long term. Oh, right. yeah, Mark, don't, don't go down. Don't go down this road, Mark. He's getting it long term, supposedly. Mark's like, yeah, I watched her special. I watched it with the volume down. I just stared at her, man. Right. She could get it. She's so funny. Come, now here comes DJ, DJ Harris. I'm with Mark. Okay, y'all. <laughs> get in oh, line, Mark guys. got a vote. Mark <laughs> <laughs> got a co-signer in, in the chat. Let's finish up with some uh, with some uh, feedback right quick. What have we got? Feedback. Let me see. Uh, we actually have quite a bit. We might want to save it. <laughs> but before we start, Lakita, what is the black boyfriend type? <laughs> I came in the chat said she seems like the black boyfriend type. It's a certain type. You go, mm, you probably date. Mm, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. There, there is something to that where you look yep. at a white girl and you're like, mm-hmm. uh, you date brothers. You, and, you she, and this tell. girl hasn't even opened her mouth yet. <laughs> it's yep. just you look at her and be like, yeah, you date brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yep, I know. I, I just want to hear like, y'all okay. say it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could do a couple. We are not going to get to all these comments. We could do a couple of those couple. or just talk about a something else for the next what six minutes is that what we got we do need to do we do need to do some feedback so it's a some all right so tyrone said we're talking about jenna ellis the other day with her tearful um Ugh. apology letter he said the bar examiners for each state determines who can practice we're talking about her getting disbarred if an attorney committed a crime anywhere then the attorney will face consequences wherever they are licensed to practice no excuses for her everyone who goes to law school takes a personal and professional responsibility course furthermore every licensed attorney had to pass the mpre um an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere (laughs) and voice um we also got uh said loving the show guys always hard hitting and funny as hell Ron said, body temperature shit box. We were talking about Mark's uh, <laughs> Cola Guard thing where you literally shit in the box and take it to the UPS store and they tell you if you have, if you need a colonoscopy. Um, I ain't quite got there yet. Did you hear about, did you hear back on that yet? Or it's only been a couple of days. No, it's only been a couple of days. So it's probably not going to be until like Monday or Tuesday. Are you do you track do you like check the tracking number? Like, where's my shit now? What state is it in? <laughs> no, I, mean, I haven't checked any tracking numbers or to get there. Uh, I did have a I did have a CT scan yesterday. Oh, for what? Uh, uh they want to check to see if I have any plaque in my arteries around my heart. Okay. Uh just you have an echo? Just a normal just Mm-mm. check. Do you have an echo? You see? Nuh uh. It was just—it's just a cautionary check, basically. Yeah, mm. he just wants to see what my heart health is like. What that heart uh, like? We have a couple comments. Well, last week's episode—I think the Thursday episode—we talked about um, money, DJ Envy, and crypto, and all that. Justin said, "My brother-in-law invested one thousand dollars in Dogecoin, and I think twenty twenty-one or twenty twenty-two. He said." His 1,000 went up to 70,000. I told him he should sell 
because unlike Bitcoin, you can make an infinite amount of Dogecoin. With Bitcoin, the more you make, the less you can make over time. Of course, he didn't listen to me. And the last time I talked to him about a year ago, it was down to $10,000. So it's probably not even worth what he invested. Uh, when I when I sold my $200 investment in AMC during the surge for $1,500, he told me I should keep it because it could go up more. Of course, he was wrong. That was also a little scheme, the AMC short sell scheme, mm. which never materialized. Some people By the way, did you guys, I sent you guys a clip. I didn't know this, that the clip of um, Donnell... And Donnell falling off the chair and laughing with uh, Charlemagne. That that clip we all use. Yeah, I I, I he said was on the talking about envy. Yeah, I said on the show. I last didn't know week. that initially at first either. It's yeah. a clip that you, Did you see you everywhere do that online. Well, I said it on the show I last didn't. week. You might have you might have stepped away, but that clip is him saying you got big pun out here selling houses yeah. and yeah. falling out of the chair. That's about DJ Envy and Caesar. Yeah, I didn't know that. I just found that shit out. <laughs> Me, you, same. <laughs> um, Jonathan says, we all know how 3GO feels about white savior mo- movies, but does anyone plan on watching Killers of the Flower Moon? Um, Is that a white savior movie? No, because some people I don't know don't if it's a white savior movie, but I heard <laughs> I don't people don't don't get- that movie's a, a rough one. Yeah, and people Nobody don't get saved. Him up. Here's what I know about that movie. Uh, white folks are mad at it, so. Okay. I'll probably Which means go it's see. probably good. Yeah, it's I'll Scorsese too. Like just they're saw. mad at Scorsese for doing for doing that. This is this, he's being woke now. They're mad at yeah. Scorsese. If, yeah. If you're gonna tell this story and tell it what right, the white people gotta look bad. Yeah. It's and really uh, that's why they're mad because they're making the white people look bad. And he's catching it from both sides. I've also think that very liberal kind of people who see the movie are trying to find ways to shit on it because it's probably going to be an Oscar type movie. Right. So I'm saying the like, he should have did it wrong differently. Or how come Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he he gets too much grace in this film, stuff like that. So like it's. It's it's like one of those films. It's probably gonna win anyway, but mm-hmm. it seems to be pissing everybody off, and that seems to be the formula <laughs> lately for how to win. Yeah. What, <laughs> I see, what I can see in the movie, Leo's character, and he I call him Leo now because we're close. Leo's mm. character uh, is the is the white guy who gets bulldozed by the white machine. That's what mm. it looks like to me. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't read the book or anything. Looks like he looks like he's probably the moral center of the movie. You know, they always try to have like one white person that's the, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like fucking, um, the, 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 the 12 years of slave. And, and then yeah. you get that. Well, he's the protagonist. Of, I think in the whole, in the I know, book, I know, but, but I'm the, talking about, I feel you. He is in the movie too, but I'm saying yeah. they always had that one white person who's the moral right. center. No, Ariel. And, and this, in, in 12 years of slave is Brad, uh, what's his name? Brad Pitt being yeah. like, oh, these niggers are people. It's like, that's how Leo looks to me in this movie. Like the yeah. damn, y'all just gonna kill them all. Brad was actually going <laughs> to be the bad. He was going to be the bad white guy, Brad, but he couldn't. Yeah. He didn't. He, he was. But then he realized he was up. producing the film. So why the yeah. fuck would he do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else do this shit. Yeah. Don't shoot all the niggas. All right. I'm, I'm right. out, guys. Right. I got a. I got two hours to film my part. Just give me a makeup. Let's go. We got in, we got another quick one in. Two quick gotta, ones. And Shell you know. says twelve fifty four and twelve fifty five were such good episodes. Much love to my new slash old favorite podcast. And Thank you. 
Jonathan said, I am an NSYNC fan. Justin is the one holding up the tour. JC is dragging his feet. So I guess JC also could be holding up the tour. Or maybe Justin isn't the one holding up the tour. Oh, Why okay. would JC drag his feet? Yeah, I read the art. The article I read was blaming Justin Timberlake for no money. Yeah, that's all. I, I don't know what JC is doing. Every direction now, <laughs> right about now. So yeah, this motherfucker canceling shows. He dumb. Yeah, you got. I wouldn't <laughs> cancel shit. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. I was not born a white man, but if I was born a white man, I would tweet through all this shit. <laughs> wouldn't give a fuck. Y'all ain't stopping me. Y'all, oh, you not gonna come to the show? You know, <laughs> like yeah, shows tonight. Yeah, you went coming anyway. I heard you I'm made ready. Britney get an abortion. Yeah, shut up, bitch. <laughs> See you tonight. Just shut up and have you just shut up and have your ass in the audience. Right. right. Okay. Uh, you know what I said? Well, I would be terrible. You know I got to say about that. Cry me a river. All right, <laughs> uh, river of yeah, money. See, see, it's good that, that, that I'm a black woman because Chad out of it. Oh, oh, you're not coming, suck my dick. All right, let's go on to the show. <laughs> you got to stop dragging your feet and start beating your feet. Yep, right. <laughs> Beat your feet to my that's, show. <laughs> Come that's, on. that's why he fucked up. He fucked up letting us know he cared. Right. Never look. It's not that he. Now that we know he care, it's they gonna be on his ass for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. <laughs> I was like, apparently JC has money, so he's not really hurting. Right. Like maybe some of the other ones are. Okay. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, a couple comments we didn't get to. We'll we'll save those or maybe not. We'll cycle (laughs) them back around. Uh, Freeloaders, remember, there's a whole life behind that uh, paywall. I may have something for you guys soon. I may have something for you guys soon. I have something for you there, but. It may be something I really want to do. So we'll see. Not that I don't want to do all of the stuff, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Thank you, Rod and Karen, for coming in with us today. As always, yes, y'all know the door is always open, and that includes you, Karen, when Rod's not around. I keep having to <laughs> say that. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for sitting in with us. Where's Linus? We have Linus sighted. No? He's right here. He's, yeah, there he is. Yeah, right there. All right. Thank you, Andy, for as always for holding it down for us. Andy, y'all know Andy makes this go, right? Okay. Just as I can make it stop anytime. Goes. You guys, yeah. if you know if your freeloaders don't come over, I'm gonna make it stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andy <laughs> left the white woman recording left too. All the white people left the building. Yep. Right, exactly. <laughs> on mass, we all just we're out. Recording yeah. stops. Yes. There's Linus. Linus signing. And y'all make this go for us, and we appreciate y'all. I'm Randolph Terrence. I'm Andy Klein. I'm Karen Morrow. I'm Rob Morrow. And I'm Brother Mark. This is Linus. Hey, there's Linus. We have three guys on. See, you pay a little bit of money. You can see this as we're recording. Y'all can see Linus's face. And we are out.